the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, February the 4th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on February 4th, 1783, Britain's King George III, well, he took a deep breath and he proclaimed a formal cessation of hostilities in the American Revolutionary War. Today in 1789, electors chose George Washington to be the first president of the United States. Today in 1861, delegates from six southern states that had recently seceded from the, from the Union, they met in Montgomery, Alabama. They formed the Confederate States of America. That was today in 1861. Today in 1974, newspaper heiress Patricia Hearst, she was 19 years old at the time, she was kidnapped, Associated Press says, in Berkeley, California by the radical Simeonese Liberation Army. Many people who were close to her at that time said she actually wasn't kidnapped. She joined the group and helped them carry out several robberies, including a bank robbery. But when she finally left the group, after being in hiding for some time, her family the Hearst, the powerful Hearst family came out with the story that she'd been kidnapped. I don't know Patty Hearst, but I remember this well. And I've heard people who did know her quite well say, no, she wasn't kidnapped. Anyway, today in 1974. Today in 1997, a civil jury in Santa Monica, California, found O.J. Simpson liable for deaths, this was a civil jury, liable for the deaths of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. Today in 2004, the social networking website, Facebook, had its beginning. Harvard student, Mark Zuckerberg, he launched what he called the Facebook. Later, he would change that to Facebook. Yesterday, Facebook had a substantial financial loss in value. In fact, it was the greatest loss in value of any company in the history of the United States. There's a lot about that in the news. We won't get into that on this program today, but nonetheless, it's significant. Yesterday, I talked about the truckers and... Um, there's more on that. This is going to be a kind of an evolving story. And I'm going to be following. I'm not going to talk about it every day, but I'm going to be following it very closely because what middle America or middle Canada in this case says and feels and believes can usually be counted on. Middle America or middle Canada is not just a geographical part of the continent, but it's also a way of thinking. And I think this is more important, <clears throat> excuse me, more important than some realize. 
what these guys are doing and what the truckers in the United States are trying to get organized to do. They want to make a statement. And some in government, in the Canadian government, their parliament, recognize the power of the people. And they're doing everything they can to shut these guys down. I pray they are not successful. A GoFundMe uh, account was set up just a while back, I mean very recently, and almost immediately $10 million was given by people to support the truckers, pay for their gas and their time and whatever, and they're doing this so they can not work and do this. The GoFundMe was paused day before yesterday after immediately people just sent in. It wasn't one donor. I mean, it was just a bunch of people sent in all this money. 10 million Canadian, $10 million approximately. So it was paused. If you go to the website, it says this is the campaign uh, is this campaign is paused for further review or something like that. It says the fundraiser is currently paused and under review to ensure it complies with our terms and service, applicable laws and regulations. So they've shut it, shut it down, basically put it on hold. But uh, what they're saying is that they they um, they want to review three things about the truckers, all this money that came in to support them. One. GoFundMe says they want to be sure the identity of the identity of the fundraisers. They want to be sure the use of the raised funds is proper. And if the fundraising, quote, reflects or promotes behavior in support of violence. But the two people that started this that opened it up on behalf of the truckers is Tamara Litch and B.J. Ditcher. They're saying, yeah, that's us. I mean, that's who we are. We're working with the truckers. And we're, we've set this thing up and, you know, so on. So I immediately the the mayor of, of Ottawa or the, the head guy there, I think he's called the mayor of Ottawa, their capital, says he wants to seize the money for the city so that the city can use it in repairs and to getting the city back to order after these truckers leave. Of course. So all this is going on today, and all of this is about not, they're trying to make it so it's about a shot. Whether you believe in getting a shot or not getting a shot and, and wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. It is about that, but it's about so much more than that. And these truckers, in their own way, are saying so. And the press does not want to hear it, and they certainly will not publish it. That's why I'm paying attention to it, because I think it's significant. When the people begin to talk and act, it rattles the elite pinnacle people of government, as it should. And they know that these guys are for real. They know that they speak for millions of other people who agree and feel just like they do. It's real basic stuff. And sometimes these people get in office, whether it's Canada or the U.S. or U.K., whatever. They get in office and they're, they have built themselves such a, such a, a, a cushy deal, frankly, in politics. 
that they lose touch with reality. And they don't know, they forget, or they don't care how the rest of us live in the normal world, in the real world. Rich or poor, the real world and the political world are two different spheres. They're not even connected anymore. There was a time in U.S. history when our people, our elected officials, really were public servants. They were elected. They went to Washington, D.C., or their state capital, whichever, and they served. And then they went back to their real job. Today, these people don't have real jobs. They just are perpetually in power and disassociated with the people who put them in power, except when their election time comes up. Many of them across America don't even live in the state they represent, particularly out here in the West. They live on the East Coast somewhere. They come out here and they show up and roll up their sleeves and, you know, but they don't live here. Some, Many do, but there are those that don't. And I, won't, I know the name. I mean, I've done a little research on this. I'm not going to get into that today, but I'm just talking about the disconnect. And these truckers are somehow bridging that gap. And that's why $10 million was given almost almost overnight, within a, just a matter of days, to support it. And that's why people are responding, because they feel the same way. So we'll see how this plays out. We'll see what happens. But it's very, very interesting, and it's certainly got the attention of the media, and they're trying to pretend like it's not happening. And the politicians are trying to shut it down because it might create violence or whatever. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but we'll keep our eye on that for sure. I want to take a moment today to thank you for your support. We need it, and um, I know you understand that because all of us have budgets. This ministry has a budget, and I want to thank you for standing with us. Not going to talk about it for a long time. I don't do that on this program, but only to say thank you in advance for standing with us. All of you who do regularly every month and those of you who are praying about it and you're about to start standing with us regularly with our budget in support. So thank you. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington 98009. Box 399 Bellevue 98009. It's interesting today, religion always captures the attention of the press, usually in a negative way, but it usually almost always catches their attention. Greg Epstein has written a book that's catching the attention of both Christians and humanists, atheists, and certainly the press. It's titled, Good, Small G, Good Without God, capital G. And then the subtitle of the book is, What a Billion Non-Religious People do believe. <laughs> Newspapers across the country have been publishing some form of a narrative that leaves the reader wanting to read this book. Believing atheism is on the rise. This book includes testimonies and stuff. I have not read it, but I've reviewed it. And I know there. I noticed there was one uh, Seventh Day former Seventh Day Adventist pastor that said he struggled with whether or not there was really a God for 14 years while he was in the pulpit, that's part of what what's wrong. And I'm not focusing on the Seventh-day Adventist people. They're, they're very good people. But I'm just saying this is not just in that group of people. It's in many denominations. People stand in the pulpit, particularly men, but women as well. 
They stand in the pulpit, and over a period of time, they begin to question the very gospel that they're preaching, or supposed to be preaching. And they allow themselves to be pulled toward a gospel that the Apostle Paul never knew, and Jesus Christ never brought to us. It is a foreign gospel. It is a foreign lie, and it isn't the truth. So we find that this catches the attention of a secular-leaning, leftist-leaning press, and they keep putting this stuff out there as though, man, the whole world is becoming an atheist, and so on. I mean, and that's what they imply without saying. And anytime they can find some statistics that will support this, they put it out in the media. And I'm talking about this because simply we're bombarded with anti-conservative, anti-Christian messages in our commercials, in television programming, in the movies, I guess, um, in every part of influence in our culture, there is that element that undermines, diminishes, marginalizes Christianity, particularly biblical Christianity. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. The Columbus Dispatch, I just picked this newspaper as one of many across the country that ran an article on this book. I mean, it was like it was news, except it's more of an advertorial than it is an editorial. And so I just picked the Columbus Dispatch because that's in Ohio, kind of middle America, so so to speak. But they're one of the newspapers that's celebrating the surge in non-belief, particularly non-belief in God. Columbus Dispatch. Their staff rely heavily on a Pew Research Center study that claims, quote, about 3 in 10 U.S. adults are now religious nuns. Not Catholic nuns, but N-U-N, but N-O-N-E-S, like nuns, nada. They're not. The staff says those who are religiously unaffiliated as a share of the population is up 6% uh, percentage points higher than it was five years ago and 10 points higher than a decade ago. The newspaper then jumps into the deep end of a very shallow pool and begins an all-out promotion to draw uninformed and searching people in the Columbus area. But this is happening all over the, all over the country. Searching into their people that are searching for truth, they pulls them into their various atheist support groups in the area. And unfortunately, many of these support groups for atheists are in churches, and you say, oh, what a wonderful way to witness. Oh, no. They're not witnessing. They're affirming their atheism. One of the churches across the nation that's doing this, there are many others, but one of them that universally does this is the Universalist Church. They they have lost their way. They have lost touch. They have seared their collective conscience, and they don't know what the gospel is. The First Unitarian Universalist Church in Columbus is one of the leaders in the community for the atheist movement. They offer, this article says, they offer the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Columbus offers a supportive community in its congregation as as the church is, and I'm not making this up, I'm reading their words, is the pro-science This congregation is pro-science, pro-reason, and pro-evolution. I'm pretty sure they would be pro-abortion, too. 
that's the church in the in the eyes of many people in the community. It's not the church, but it is to some who are uninformed. The local church also, it says, hosts an atheist and agnostic circle that meets monthly for programming. They go on and on about this. But my point is that when Pew or other similar research companies publish these studies on religion, they always talk a lot about the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S. That means those who check the box, none of the above. They say, which which religious uh, organization or denomination or whatever are you affiliated with? And they go through Presbyterian and Nazarene and, and Calvary Chapel and Baptist and several kinds of Baptists and on and on. And these guys go down this line. They go, oh, yeah, I'm not associated with any of those. So they check the box, none or none of the above. These people take that and transfer it then and extrapolate from that that they're non-believers and they're atheists. And therein is the big lie because many of them are not. They just aren't associated with any of these churches that they put up on their list. And they put up essentially the same list every time in their polls. As it turns out, Christianity is alive and well in the world. And I don't make a defense of Christianity except to say that we need to understand that this idea that we're getting, and sometimes sitting in our own churches, we see many empty pews, and certainly we've been through hell with this pandemic churches they've been you know shut down the state has said you cannot worship god together and so on but christianity is alive and well there's a much more accurate view of christianity in the culture in a different point of view in surveys the christian post said yesterday Responding to what I'm talking about here, the Christian Post said yesterday, quote, religious populations are growing faster than atheists worldwide, and two Christian denominations stand out. Many of us remember the neon sign. Remember that? The neon sign of the gospel missions put up over the door in many downtown areas across the nation. Sometimes it was a blinking neon sign. It said, Jesus saves. That's what Christianity is about, real Christianity, biblical Christianity. That message has not been lost, even on this generation. And this generation has been affected by the way they've been educated in public education by the state. There is no question. There are casualties. But the Christian Post drew their story from a recent survey published by Lifeway. Lifeway is a polling organization. I pay attention to them. They do a good job, a very good job. They are Christian. They were started in the context of the Southern Baptist Convention. And over time, I think, I've known in the past some of the guys that run Lifeway and some in the Southern Baptist Convention. And I think they were part of that organization corporately, but it doesn't really matter except to just be clear on it. Uh, I think they've become their own organization now, but they're probably under some kind of guidance or leadership or something of the Southern Baptist. But anyway, they're, they're evangelical, they're Christian. The Post says, despite an increase in the overall number of atheists worldwide, new research reveals that the population of religious people is now growing at a faster pace than that of their secular counterparts. Lifeway identifies seven 
encouraging trends of global Christianity in 2022. And they take that from the, this recent LifeWay um, survey. And they go through that. And I put that in an article that I wrote today. It's, it's on the Internet. And it's on our website. You can go to our website, faithandfreedom, A-N-D, freedom.us. And if you go there today, that's the first thing you'll see. It'll pop up on the, the f- first page you see will be this article about this. And I've linked some of this stuff uh, so you really look into it more deeply if you want to. I would encourage you to do so. But the Christian Post says, quote, The 2022 status of global Christianity report includes statistics about Christianity from 1900, 1970, 2000, and mid-2022, like till now. It's about, it features projections for 2025 and 2050. The data found that the population of religionists, those who subscribe to a particular religion, not just Christianity, but a particular religion, grew at a rate of 1.27% between 2000 and 2022. By contrast, the number of atheists who grew at a the number of atheists grew at a rate of only 0.18% in the same time period. While the number of atheists in the world has increased from approximately 141.5 million in 2000 to about 147 million now, the number of atheists remains below the record number of atheists found 165 million 156,000 in 1970. That seems to be the peak of atheism worldwide, looking at all of the polls that were taken during that time. The number of religionists increased from about 5.3 billion in 2000 to roughly 7 billion now and is projected to approach 9 billion by 2050. Another encouraging trend touched upon by LifeWay is the growth of Christianity in particular, and that's why I'm interested in this. The number of Christians worldwide increased 1.17% from 2000 to 20 to 2022. This is a significant number given the masses of people that are coming into Christianity and that are practicing Christians. Lifeway says Christian denominations that experience the fastest growth rates are evangelicals, and Pentecostals. Evangelicals grew by 1.8% and Pentecostals grew by 1.88%. The increase in the number of Pentecostals worldwide, they say, is expected to continue at a rapid pace. And it it goes on and gives a lot more um, statistics. Then Lifeway notes that Christianity is growing the fastest in the global south, consisting of Africa, Asia, Latin America, and Oceania, Oceania is not a real place. I mean, it's a it's a contrived place that demographers. It's kind of geopolitical. It includes Australia and it includes um, all those islands out there, Micronesia and Marshall Islands and all that stuff, Papua and New Guinea and all that. I mean, they're not sovereign under that, but they have just arbitrarily carved that out in the southern part of the South uh, South Pacific. And they've made that into Oceania. So it's not really a country. It's an area of the world. Kind of like a continent would be, except it's not a continent. It's it's almost all water, except for those islands that are scattered all over the place out there. 
But anyway, while atheism has decreased and is expected to continue to do so in the coming years, we've got to look at our culture and see where we are. And let me leave you with some thoughts on this subject in a broader and a more personal sense. Jesus himself said, The gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Neither, neither I would add, will the first universalist church, Unitarian church in Columbus, Ohio, or anywhere else, prevail against his church. Jesus also said, Go, in, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 28, 19. We find there is a coolness, there's a moving away from Christianity among celebrities who have a great amount of influence. Brad Pitt is one of them. His parents raised him in a Southern Baptist church. They later went to another church. I think it was Calvary Chapel or something. But a very strong evangelical message. He is a well-known actor, of course, very successful, and he is an outspoken atheist, he says. Perhaps he is. But to become an atheist is not to have failures in our life, even to deny the power of Christ. I was thinking about Peter today. Matthew 26, verses 69 through 75, outlined Peter's experience, where he sat outside the courtyard. A servant girl came up to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. And he said, no, no, no. He said, I'm not them. I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl saw him and said, you're with those people. This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he said, I do not know the man. And a little bit later, those who stood by him and said to Peter, surely you are also one of them for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear and say, I do not know the man. I mean, that's pretty bad. And yet Peter was instrumental in founding the church. What I'm saying is that to have our moments of failure is not becoming an atheist. Becoming an atheist is a process, and Paul wrote about that in Romans chapter 1, where he begins, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ. And we've referred to chapter 1 many times because he addresses human immorality and homosexuality and all of that kind of thing. But in this verse preceding the other, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. In verse 18, he says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. He says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. What he's talking about is a seared conscience. We know there is a God. There is something in every human being that knows there is a God, and they search for that God. To become an atheist, you've got to decide that you are going to reject him in the most um, progressive, the most active way, and continue to reject him until your conscience actually becomes seared. And you do not sense the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit leading you toward God. And that's what we're talking about. And there, that is not a growing group of people in our world. It is a diminishing group of people. 
I think maybe we could give this some thought and we could remember that God is alive and well. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.